Welcome to the Pat Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. This is a program that we do every Thursday from 6 p.m. Eastern Time to about 6:30 live on Facebook and YouTube. And it is the it's like the 2.0 of our book, The Pat Loss Companion, <laughs> healing advice from family therapists who lead pat loss groups. We have both been leading pat loss groups for decades now. <laughs> Nancy for more than 30 years and me for probably now about 15 or 20 years, something like that. And this is a program that allows us to have a dialogue with you. And we invite you to send us your story. Much of what we do on the program is we share the stories that listeners have sent to us and given us permission to share. <clears throat> and then we'll just do some commentary on them. And we know that this is helpful for others who have lost their own pets. It's just a lot of solace to be gained from hearing stories that resonate with your own. Everything I'm about to say is in the description that's attached to either the live program or the recorded version. But just so I give you a, a heads up, you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. If you write to us, you can share your story. You can recommend a guest. You can recommend a topic. If you do share your story, please let us know if we can share it further, if we can share it mm -hmm. on this program. And we only share first names. You can also tell us that maybe there's parts of it that you'd rather we deleted from, from sharing. That's or fine, too. Change name. Yeah. And so also we may very well, and we probably will, if you allow us to share it, we'll share it on our Substack as well. And the Substack is a new feature of the program where you can read the emails that we get. You can read our responses. You can read a series of responses back and forth in some cases. And you can see some of the great pictures that people send us as well. That is that is a way of supporting us as well, because if there's a $5 per month subscription fee, you can support us in a number of different ways through, in addition, through Venmo, PayPal, a monthly subscription. And also, we'd like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, nice. Massachusetts. Dakin does all kinds of wonderful things for people and animal companions, in addition to being a shelter and an adoption center. One of the programs that they offer is a cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate. It happens once a month on the second Tuesday of the month and runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And there's an RSVP link in the program description as well. It is no cost to you, so it's free. And people join from all over the country and all over the world. Lots of different perspectives are shared. We do cap the, the participants because we get a whole bunch of people. And the next one is March 12th. Please consider subscribing on YouTube. We've got the link to YouTube if you're not watching the program or a rerun on, on YouTube. And if you subscribe and also if you make a comment or you give a like, this raises the profile for mm -hmm. people who are searching for this kind of support. So please consider doing that. We would also like you to know that the Pet Loss Companion program recently surpassed 1,000 followers on Spotify and is nearing 900 subscribers on YouTube. We're really shooting for the 1,000 <laughs> on YouTube. So please do subscribe if you haven't already. That would be very helpful. And we just learned from feedspot.com, which is another outlet 
where podcasts are posted that the Pet Loss Companion is the first on its list of top four podcasts on pet loss and healing. So thanks for Thank everybody so who much. has supported us in any way that you have. And just being with us, of course, is supportive. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, we just want to uh, let you know that this is, we just have a great deal of thanks because when you trust us with your mm -hmm. stories, it is something that's a gift to a whole bunch of other people as yeah. well. Also, we just want you to know that this program that we have an affiliation with a company called Bereave and Bereave makes these really well-crafted granite memorial plaques. You can use them as shown here outside and maybe a memorial garden or a gravesite, and you can use them inside where maybe you keep mementos. They're really great. And Nancy has the sample that they sent to us. And if you purchase one of these, you will also be giving some measure of support. A bit of the fee goes also to support our program. They're really heavy, beautiful. Yeah, they're, they're, beautiful. they're really substantial. So Nancy, you want to get us started? Yes, I have one announcement before we get going. We do have two stories, wonderful, heartbreaking, heartwarming stories tonight. But I'm heartbroken because there's a little Boston named Meep and Meep is missing. Um, it's a Jersey it's a Jersey dog, okay, from Morristown, New Jersey. And I'm going to show you a little picture of Meep. There's Meep. Um, and Meep has been missing since January 1st. Um, she got spooked with some firecrackers. Um, and, I mean, the, the, the couple is heartbroken. I mean, they've gone out of their way. They are, they are giving a $6,000 reward for her return. Um, and so I just want to send it out to, to the universe that if you see this little Boston, um, uh, she is chipped. Um, but uh, I mean, she does have some medical issues. So, um, I really had to say that cause I'm really heartbroken for, for her and for her, her yeah. pet, pet parents. Um, so I'm going to have, uh, to, to share, show us, uh, uh, um, story about her beautiful cat Maddie, and this was our title, right? Because Maddie was a part yep. of the family, right? Hello, fellow therapists. I hope this email finds you both well. I wanted to write to, to you to tell you your YouTube program has been immensely helpful in my loss of my beloved Maddie, a male silver and white tabby cat, a great love. My story, please feel free to share this story. I hope it helps someone just as other stories have helped me. Maddie came into my life at six week, weeks old. We connected instantly. He would follow me around from room to room, hoping that I would sit down so he could sit in my lap. Maddie was with me through a breakup after breakup, move after move, difficulties, and lots of loneliness. He was with me when I got my bachelor's, master's, and became a wife and a mother. He was with me through a tragic loss of a friend and my great-grandmother, who I loved dearly. He was once even featured in a cat calendar. He was so beautiful in all aspects. Maddie was my family. I have never been close to my family, but Maddie gave me a sense of family, love, and warmth. His purr called me down when I would have a bad day, and his hugs were just the best. I looked forward to getting home just to see him. He was the best cat. The past few years, he has started to throw up his food. 
Most days I would find one or two throw up puddles, sometimes more. The vet gave him a shot of antibiotics, but it didn't help. Another vet visit after, Maddie still continued to throw up. He was still eating and looked healthy, so I didn't worry about it too much. In February of 2023, Maddie started to look thin. I took him into the vet and we did a bunch of blood work to see what was going on. The vet said he had kidney issues and pancreatitis. I started him on the recommended prescription diet. He would eat it for a while and then stop. I switched up his food to stimulate his appetite. He would eat the new food for a while and then refuse. I again took him into the vets asking how long I had left with him. The vet wouldn't answer me. I started to cry because I knew my time was running out with him. The vet recommended new foods since she wasn't eating the other foods that were recommended. I ordered all of the different flavors and types of food the vet recommended and rotated the food. Maddie would again eat a little and then refused. I was also giving Maddie subcutaneous fluids. However, he became so thin that I was having a hard time finding any skin to put the needle in. The vet had also prescribed medication to help stimulate his appetite. I tried giving him the pills and pill pockets, um, hiding it in food and even forcing it down his throat. He would find the pill and spit out of the pill pocket food or his mouth. I soon stopped trying to force the pill. I gave him hydrocare to help with hydration and continued to cycle foods and even would make him an egg since he liked to look the egg on my daughter's plate. He would eat a little, but not much. I started to notice Maddie hanging his head low when he perched on a table or couch. I would find him in my closet curled up in the corner. He slept more than usual and seemed sad. He still enjoyed sitting on my lap and I made a point to sit as much as I could so, uh, so that we could have as much time as possible together. I knew the day was coming. Christmas was here and we had decorated our tree. One morning we woke up to the smell of cat pee filling the house. Maddie had found a place under the Christmas tree to go potty. This was not like him as he was the cleanest cat I've ever owned. I watched him closely and saw that he was having a hard time getting into the kitty litter robot to go to the bathroom. I bought a cat litter pan and set it downstairs, as I also had noticed that he was not going upstairs as much, which is where his kitty box was. That worked, and he started to use that box. Unfortunately, his health kept declining, and he looked like he was in pain. He was so thin that I had to be careful picking him up and extra watchful when my six-year-old daughter was around, ensuring that she was being gentle with Maddie. December 31st, I knew it was time. I reached out to a vet to come to my home for euthanasia. I did not want Maddie to feel stressed and having had um, an in-hospital euthanasia with my other pet, uh, knew that I needed extra time with him after the procedure. I took off a week from work and gave space for three days of mourning while Maddie was with me. I slept downstairs with him, although I hardly slept. I cried and cried and cried. I couldn't eat and I did not want to talk to anyone. Being a mother was hard. My husband stepped up and really helped with the routines for our daughter. It was still hard. The vet came and I was beside myself. I asked her to look over his records and asked her if I was doing the right thing. She said he was suffering and that he was weak. She said that he would just progress and get worse, possibly starting to have seizures. The vet was so kind and patient. She discussed other possible options. The other options sounded stressful for Maddie. She said that we would be in and out of the hospital and that he may need extensive treatments with no guarantee of a good outcome. I decided I wanted Maddie to go peacefully and with me by his side. 
The vet gave him a sedative. He lay in my arm and he slowly drifted off. The vet walked out of the room, allowing me to have some space with his body. I screamed and howled and my head fell to his side. The pain, um, the pain was agonizing. I just cried. I couldn't stop. I spoke to him, telling him how much I loved him and that he was such a blessing. 18 and a half years together. I thanked him and thanked him. I love you so much, I said into his little ear. After about 15 to 20 minutes, I told the vet I was ready. She came in and wrapped him in a blanket that I picked out for him. The vet laid him in a basket and adorned him with the flowers and leaves that my daughter and I had picked for him the day before. I also gave her a clipping of my hair because he loved sleeping in it. He looked peaceful, like a little baby wrapped up. I kissed his head so many times, I didn't want to let go. A week later, today, one nine twenty three, I picked up his ashes and lost it, and I can't stop crying. I miss him terribly. I feel empty and lost without him. I've lost people before, but nothing comes close to this loss. The pain is so intense. The what if and I should have done better swirl around my head. I can't believe I will never touch his soft fur or caress his cute little toe beans or hold him in my arms again. I have to go on for my daughter, husband, and two dogs, but I feel empty. A huge hole is in my heart. Maddie was so special in so many ways. He was a soulmate and a constant. I miss him terribly. Please tell me this gets better because right now I can't imagine it. The pain is so hard to allow, but I know that going through it is the only way. So uh, it's it's because she says, please tell me it gets better. We can tell her that. She's asking the question. Of course, it will get better. It's really incredibly painful at the moment, and it may still be. This was a few days ago, about a week or so ago, I guess, that she wrote. And there's so much here that's that's important. And she, of course, gave superb care. Oh, absolutely. All the way through, was incredibly observant, always watching, mm -hmm. see how Maddie was doing. And I like the way she worked with her daughter as well. I mean, she mm -hmm. let her daughter be involved, but she also supervised her so that she, right. didn't, she wouldn't hold Maddie in a way that maybe was going to be uncomfortable for her. And it's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful testament to love and care. And, and also that the fact that some animals just touch us in a way that is. Are very different than others, really even though we love them all. You know, I resonate with, with, with uh, Shara so much because, you know, my Ellie, who thank God is still with me, but is older and has so many digestive issues and you know that she has a hard time eating and we have had to go through nutritionists um like Shawa was all the different foods and trying to get her to eat and then having she has enticed in the morning so that she has an appetite and you know she she does eat but there are times she doesn't and that makes you anxious right? Because you know what happens if they stop eating. So I, so I really can resonate with you with what, how you were, you know, working with Maddie around his food. Um, and, the, and, the, and the other thing is, is the life that he shared with her, right? And how this, this loss is more profound than any other loss that we go through. And we, and 
Ken, you and I know that, right? Yeah, and she she says what we've heard many many times that it's worse than leaving than losing some human relatives, and we, you know we've heard. I I I don't know if I mentioned this. I don't think I mentioned it on one of our programs, but I recently was meeting with people from a religious organization who wanted to have me do a talk, and I will do a talk on pet loss and healing, and three very nice people, and they were members of the board of this organization. And one of them, absolutely a great, nice guy, he said, the, the people who come to your groups, there's, there's something wrong with them, right? Oh, God, please. Yeah, that's what he said. And uh, it was clear to me that he was one of those people who was, you know, he was trying to be reasonable and kind, but he had no, he had no, no idea, no connection to animal companions. And, and it was, it was fascinating to me because he was part of a, he was in leadership in a community of faith. And so I, I said to him very respectfully, no, there's nothing wrong with (laughs) In fact, I see these as the kind of people who have the depth of humanity That's that right. empowers them to connect in a very deep way with others, including non-human others. Right. And so the question for me is always, why doesn't everybody feel that way? Kind of this way, of, right? Like we connection. feel. But it was really, it was fascinating because, and he he totally took that in and and, and was really interested in it. And it, but it's, it shows you how some people just are not at a place where Shora and you and I are, yeah. where this kind of connection is extraordinarily meaningful. Well, and- we, we talk about that with the thirds, right? There's a third of people, well, generally the third of people in the country, just, just, they don't have any connection to animals. They don't like animals or they don't have anything against them, but they don't want them. Yeah. And so, and then there's a third that, you know, they have to have some pets, you know, it's good. But if something happens, you know, they, they don't, they don't react like we do with all of our wonderful people that, that, that do send us emails. Like people have moved states, people have, you know, get on the floor with them and sleep with them for the period of time that they may be ill or they, they do, they go to extraordinary means. Yeah. Take them. To great distance for right. all kinds of treatments for right. chiropractic and water therapies and all kinds of acupuncture. I mean, things. yeah, and all these and, and they mean the world. They mean right. the world to us. So, like Shora and Frida, who we're going to talk about, these are my, these are our kind of people. These are our yeah. And, these are our and, peeps, man. <laughs> it's interesting to me because I always feel like it's the people who don't have that. Who are really lacking? Yeah, they're missing. I, mean, I don't something. mean to say, and I don't say that disparagingly. I just say it as sort of like it. It feels like they're missing out on something that could be really warm yeah. and beneficial and and really enriching for them. Yeah, the human animal bond is very yeah. healthy. So, so, so we want to thank Shelra for this yeah. great story with this great depth of feeling and connection. We hope you're doing. A bit better, and we know that the you know the road ahead is is up and down as it is for most people, and and as a therapist, I'm sure you know you know that too. You know it, but the knowing doesn't mean that we feel it yet. <laughs> that we're any kind of set that we're settled in our grief yet. So, grief's a journey. Yes. So the the next story is from Frida, 
And she writes, hi, Ken and Nancy. Thank you for your time in reading my email. I'm writing to you because I found your podcast while I was desperately searching for information online on how to deal with the guilt of one's pet when the death was accidental. Oh, oof. I'm right. Even writing that line, accidental death feels so shameful. It's so terribly sad. My pet was a bird, not just any bird though. His name was Peanut. Let me show a picture of Peanut. Peanut oh, was really Peanut's so cute. <laughs> He's such a cute baby. Let's see. His Peanut was, and Peanut, and he was a linny. And a linny is a lineated parakeet. And so it's a kind of parakeet that has particular kind of marking on them. And they look sort of like lovebirds, as you can see. He was really smart, could say kisses and come here. And he was never in his cage except for when we tucked him in at bed. Yes, he had a bed, mini blanket and toy. He was he was part of our family. He was part of our family as much as a, as a dog or cat would be. He was truly special. We got Peanut from my daughter's friend when he was three years old because she no longer could take care of him. We took him in and fell in love with Peanut right away. Linny's loved to burrow in blankets and pillows, but he always knew how to get out. We had him for three years, never saw him get stuck. He always got out of little corners and cozy blankets. He was a super smart, curious boy. On this afternoon, I decided to sit on the couch and have a cup of coffee while reading a book. Peanut, as usual, came to sit beside me and wanted to be close to me. He was chewing at the pages of my book before I picked it up to read and trying to get my attention. So I decided to leave the book beside me and I leaned forward to take my coffee mug off the coffee table in front of me. Peanut decided to go behind my back during this time, which I saw him and let him go behind me. I even said out loud to him, oh, Peanut, okay, you can go behind and you can behind, go behind me and be cozy. As I leaned back, I made sure to leave an arch in the small of my back so that I wasn't leaning on him directly. And I picked up my phone instead to answer some emails. After about 40 minutes, I realized how much time had passed while I was lost on my phone and thought how quiet Peanut had been. He's usually a busybody and likes to go in and out of corners, small spaces or blankets. This time, though, he was so chill. When I got up, I turned back and saw my sweet friend still, quiet and not moving. I immediately said out loud, no, 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 no. I knew my friend wasn't okay. I must have got distracted on my phone and relaxed the small by back, which made the space between Peanut and me tighter. I don't even know. Did I suffocate him? What happened? Why didn't I feel him moving or trying to get out? Or did he and I wasn't aware because I was on my phone? So many things have been running through my mind and I can't get over this guilt that I accidentally caused the death of my dear friend, Peanut. He completely trusted me and I let him down. I've listened to many of your podcasts and you both have touched on this type of accidental death with our pets. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Hearing people's stories has really helped me feel less alone. It's been less than a month since my friend died and I cry every day. I have ugly, hard cries and I can't get the visual out of my mind of seeing him lifeless on the couch. I still think I didn't try hard enough to make him wake up. I rubbed his chest and breathed on him. I know how silly that must sound, but he felt so, he still felt so warm. What if I could have saved him? All these thoughts run through my mind, giving me grieving for a loved pet is hard enough. And then you add this layer of, well, he died because of you and it's almost unbearable. I know this immense self-hatred will lessen over time, but I'll never forget what I did. I know 
I'm a good person who loved Peanut deeply, but I don't know if I'll ever feel free from the burden that I ended another innocent life. How do good people move on when they did bad things? It's unintentional, but a loving, living thing died because of me. Anyway, thank you all. Thank you for all you do. I hope you know how important you both are in helping people grieve. I appreciate you both so much. And I thank your viewers, listeners, too, for sharing their painful stories. <clears throat> I just freed up. Oh, we're so terribly sorry. sad story. We're so sorry. It's heartbreaking. But we don't actually really know. Yeah, we don't know exactly what, what caused Peanut's death. Right. And... Of course, I mean, she's gonna she's gonna feel like it's it's possible. well. I think Frida, you will feel you do feel guilty, and, and like you are you have articulated, and you feel so horrific about what happened. However, there's no necessarily hundred percent surety surety that that you know that you actually caused Peanut's death. I mean, however, you you carry that. And it's, we need to help you, you know, get through that because it's, and it's, it's the so same as with every other yeah. loss. There's a layer of extraordinary guilt and uncertainty here, but you just, yeah. you just keep going. You put one foot in front of the other, you keep going. You realize that you, of course, would never have atten intended to. No, absolutely not. And we do, we do, we do these things. Now and then we 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 take we take actions that are completely they're they're they are in no way intended to cause harm, but there are consequences that we would never have anticipated. So here you are sitting on the couch. She's he has done this many times before. Multiple times. How would you and, ever think about it? You said, yeah. "Hey, just hang out in there. You're you you know you're." get cozy right you assume that he's going to just snuggle in there for a while and he's going to find his way out as he always does and who knows who knows what happened who knows if it had something to do with the pressure of you against him or it had something to do with the fact that he suffered some kind of cardiac problem right. or whatever we don't, we don't know we don't know and the thing you got to do is just realize that you loved him and you and he, loved back. and he loved you back and you gave him <laughs> one of the things I wrote to, to Frida was how wonderful it is that she gave him such a life that he yeah. was barely ever in his cage and that they loved him so much. And he they was tucked him in at night. In I love bed, it. Bed. And there's no more, nothing more you can do. And so. And, and, and you're right. I mean, we have had, multiple stories, right, that people have, our audiences written in about things that happened as accidents. And there was no, in the, I mean, none of our folks would have ever intended to have an accident happen to their, their beloved, their babies. You know, when I, when I read this story, I thought of all the times when I had tiny little chihuahuas and I would sit down and maybe not have looked first. And thank God they weren't, you know, they weren't sitting on a, under a blanket or on the couch. Generally, I would look mm -hmm. and I would shuffle because, you know, I didn't want to step on the tiny little dogs. Oh, no. One of our chihuahuas was two and a half pounds. And 
but these things, you know, accidents happen. And, and as I've said, there have been so many times where one of my dogs has had something in their mouth that I tell mm -hmm. them to drop and maybe they drop it immediately and maybe they run away and drop it later. Or maybe I have to fish it out of them. And, and yet we've heard stories of dogs who have something in their mouth, swallow it. And it, it's the end of their life. It, it, it just, it destroys them. They get infected, whatever. So yeah. you, you just never, we've had people tell us that they've had, uh, they have a pool and yeah. their dog falls in the pool. The dog, still dog, go, dog doesn't go near the pool, but. Yeah, it doesn't go near the pool. It's been trained not to be near the pool. Or maybe the, the gate to the pool was left open for a time. And the dog who has now lived in this environment for 12 years, somehow or other falls in the pool in the and can't pool. get out. Now, Ken, you and I have a story about this together. Remember Henry, the cockatiel yeah, that you gave yeah. me, right? Yeah. And Henry and I had Tweety and they were in a room and they could be hanging out and you know, fly around a little bit. And my, my mother-in-law and my husband were doing something and we had dogs and my mother-in-law unfortunately moved the gate mm -hmm. and Noel went running up the stairs and shocked Henry and he flew into the wall and he died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And yep. you and I went and had the funeral. Yep. <laughs> and was that was horrible. It, it was, was horrible. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, Noel was, a, I mean, she would not have any clue about what to do. No, and, you know, he just was a dog and she was running up to get to the bird. Right. We, we had, we had a story not too long ago about a, a person who had a friend come over and she told her friend, you can't leave the window open. Right. For the cat, for the cat and the cat fell out the window and they were up many stories and what, you know, incredibly gracious, this, person was we've actually had her as a guest on the on the program sure. and you just never know we had my son had a kitten who he loved dearly who somehow got into the space like the attic the space between the upstairs floor and the attic and through a closet and ate rat poison yeah. that had been left by the previous owner and we had no idea there was rat poison in right. in there the little kitten who you know, came down and died. It, so these things happen. Yes, they do. Outside of our control. Yeah. And so we do the best we can. Right. You know, we always do the best we can. And we do have some co some comments. I think we do. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll look at those. We have Phil, who was here. Oh, whose story hey. we did, I think, last week or very recently. We have Grace, who she said she's one of those people. <laughs> Yes, indeed, Grace. We get you. <laughs> She's one of our people. <laughs> who, who says, Ken and Nancy, I'm one of those people. The animal-human bond is incredible. And she also writes, Frida, so sorry for the tragic loss of Peanut. Please be gentle with yourself in the grief journey and show yourself the grace and compassion you would give a loved one in this situation. Oh, that was really, very nice, Grace. Really important advice that we tend, yeah. like if a dear friend told us this story, we wouldn't be all over them with blame and wanting them to feel guilty we'd be very kind and gentle with them because we would understand that of course they would never have attended this yeah. intended for this to happen so that's a really important comment yeah, thank you, you. Gave us. 
for everyone who's commenting. So, and thank you, Frida. Thank you so much, Frida and Shora. And also, if if you if you are of a mind to please do subscribe on YouTube because that that will help us and it will help the program to gain even more visibility and get into the it'll get into the the hands of people who may benefit from listening to it so and also if anyone sees me i know that's hard but i just feel so heartbroken so i'll talk we'll talk again next week nancy of course take care everybody